phoenix is arising Look into the eyes and the hearts of lions Minds like diamonds, souls are igniting Illuminating the night and when you awake you can't be frightening World's out of whack, but we got your back You're a part of the pack, now let those wings flap Welcome fellow phoenixes to the Spiritual Phoenix Podcast, where we make a daily offering to the divine by putting our past on the pyre, searching the smoke for spirituality, turning the ashes into art, adapting isolation into connection, and manifesting mental wellness. I'm your host, Ross Cessna, and I'd like to take a moment and focus on what we're grateful for today. Today, I'm grateful for the courage to talk about this subject uh, that I'm going to get into. A lot of this stuff is uh, uneasy to voice because people's perception of me will change greatly when I voice these opinions and understandings of some of the situations that I've had. Um, And there's a lot of evidence, um, historic, esoteric wisdom that relates similar experiences. And with that... um, I'd like to say that today is the birthday of J.R.R. Tolkien, and in his honor, I have selected four quotes. Originally, I had a different topic for today, but my muse is guiding me towards the one that I'm doing, Um, and his quotes go along with the topic somewhat well. For you do not yet know the the strengths of your hearts, and you cannot foresee what each may meet on the road. The road must be trod... But it will be very hard, and neither neither strength nor wisdom will carry us far upon it. This quest may be attempted by the weak with as much hope as the strong, yet yet it is oft the course of deeds that move the wheels of the world. Small hands do them because they must, while the eyes of the great are elsewhere. Home is behind, the world ahead, and there are many paths to tread, through shadows to the edge of night, until the stars are all alight. Then world behind and home ahead will wander back and home to bed. Mist and twilight, cloud and shade, away shall fade, away shall fade. Evil labors with vast power and perpetual success in vain, preparing always only the soil for the unexpected good to sprout in. Buckle up and get ready for a lengthy episode. The following discussion is going to be the ramblings of a madman to some. To others, it will be profound. It is my truth. You don't have to have the same understanding. You weren't there. You didn't witness it. You may have a different understanding. Reality isn't just stranger than we assume. It is stranger than we can assume. The knowledge and understanding of these occurrences and how they tie together came after the fact came after the fact, except when I mentioned the random thoughts that occurred during some of those occurrences. I am not here to convince you of the truth of it. I am here to share the experience and similarities. I can remember as a youth reading about mental disturbances and the alternate realities associated with them with such fascination. I was infatuated with magic, mysticism, and similar things. I can remember smoking weed in secret in my bedroom at my dad's house, laying down and putting on headphones and feeling like I was floating in space. Other times, like I was laying on the wall 
ceiling or other similar things. I was fond of tinkering with my brain chemistry. My first psychedelic experience, as I mentioned before, was robo-tripping or drinking cough medicine with synthetic opiates that have a hallucinogenic property when consumed in excess. The next experience would be with LSD, then ecstasy, then shrooms, then LSA. I have also combined shrooms with ecstasy on several occasions, if my sporadic memory serves me correctly. Although I no longer choose to use any kind of mind-altering substances anymore, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the value of, psychedelic, of my psychedelic experiences in unlocking, unlocking certain quote-unquote doors of perception. However, the most powerful psychedelic experience I have ever had was from my own brain chemicals. Having reevaluated certain experiences under the light of new knowledge, I have further validation of the important experiences both chemically induced and occurring without any tinkering at all. I am not condoning or condemning the use of drugs by others, just sharing my experiences. Early on in the podcast, I mentioned an experience during which I had eaten some ganja food that was made with hash butter and chunks of hash roughly around the size of chocolate chips. At one point, I felt like I was dying. My heart was racing and I could not breathe. I wasn't afraid to die, so I did what any rational person would do, accepted my fate by laying down on my bed. The experience that followed was me waking up, standing on the wall of my bedroom, watching myself sleep. Next, I saw a bunch of pictograms that reminded me of hieroglyphics. I, I'm almost sure some of them were, some were earlier writings, most likely, some later. At the end of the images flashing, a voice said, You now know the secrets of the ancients. I then saw the birth of a star, the formation of a planet, life sprout on the planet, the planet evolve, collapse, become destroyed, the sun burn out, and then it was black. It wasn't frightening, it was peaceful. Then I woke up in bed like, what the heck? I recently read of the vision of Hermes, and while the visions are different, they have some similar threads. For those unfamiliar with the vision of Hermes, I will share an account of it now. Hermes, while wandering in a rocky and desolate place, gave himself over to meditation and prayer. Following the secret instructions of the temple, he gradually freed his higher consciousness from the bondage of his bodily senses, and thus released his divine nature, revealed to him the mysteries of the transcendental spheres. He beheld a figure, terrible and awe-inspiring. It was the great dragon, with wings stretching across the sky and light streaming in all directions from its bodies. From its body, the mysteries taught that the universal life was personified as a dragon. The great dragon called Hermes by name and asked him why he thus meditated upon the world mystery. Terrified by the spectacle, Hermes prostrated himself before, prostrated himself before the dragon, beseeching it to reveal its identity. The great creature answered that it was Poimandris, the mind of the universe, the creative intelligence, and the absolute emperor of all. He has also been identified as Osiris by some. Hermes then besought Poimandris to disclose the nature of the universe and the constitution of the gods. The dragon acquiesced, bidding Trimagustus hold its image in his mind. Immediately the form of Poimandris changed. Where it had stood, there was a glorious and pulsating radiance. This light was the spiritual nature of the great dragon itself. 
Hermes was raised into the midst of the divine effluence, and the universe of the material things faded from his consciousness. Presently, a great darkness descended, and expanding, swallowed up the light. Everything was troubled. About Hermes swirled a mysterious watery substance which gave forth a smoke-like vapor. The air was filled with inarticulate moanings and sighings which seemed to come from the light swallowed up in the darkness. His mind told Hermes that the light was the form of the spiritual universe and that the swirling darkness which had engulfed it represented material substance. Then, out of the imprisoned light, a mysterious and holy word came forth and took its stand upon the smoking waters. The word, the voice of the light, rose out of the darkness as a great pillar, and the fire and the air followed after it, but the earth and the water remained unmoved below. Thus the waters of light were divided from the waters of darkness, and from the waters of light were formed the worlds above, and from the waters of darkness were formed the worlds below. The earth and the water next mingled, becoming inseparable, and the spiritual world, which is called reason, moved upon their surface, causing endless turmoil. Then again was heard the voice of Poimandris, but his form was not revealed. I, thy God, am the light, and the mind which were before substance was divided from spirit and darkness from light. And the word which appeared as a pillar of flame out of the darkness is the Son of God, born of the mystery of the mind. The name of that word is reason. Reason is the offspring of thought, and reason shall divide the light from the darkness and establish truth in the midst of the waters. Understand, O Hermes, and meditate deeply upon the mystery. That which in you sees and hears is not of the earth, but is the word of God incarnate. So it is said that the divine light dwells in the midst of mortal darkness, and ignorance cannot divide them. The union of the word and the mind produces that mystery which is called life. As the darkness without you is divided against itself, so the darkness within you is likewise divided. The light and the fire which rise are, are the divine man, ascending in the path of the word, and that which fails to ascend is the mortal man, which may not partake of immortality. Learn deeply of the mind and its mystery, for therein lies the secret of immortality. The dragon again revealed its form to Hermes, and for a long time the two looked steadfastly upon the other, eye to eye, so that Hermes trembled before the gaze of Poimandris. At the word of the dragon, the heavens opened and the innumerable light powers were revealed, soaring through cosmos on pinions of streaming fire. Hermes beheld the spirits of the stars, the celestials controlling the universe, and all those powers which shine with the radiance of the one fire, the glory of the sovereign mind. Hermes realized that the sight which he beheld was revealed to him only because Poimandris had spoken a word. The word was a reason, and by reason of the word, invisible things were made manifest. The vine mind, the dragon, continued its disclosure. Before the visible universe was formed, its mold was cast. The mold was called the archetype, 
and this archetype was in the supreme mind long before the process of creation began. Beholding the archetype, the supreme mind became enamored with its own thought. So, taking the word as a mighty hammer, it gouged out caverns in primordial space and cast the form of the spears in the archetypal mold, at the same time sowing in the newly fashioned bodies the seeds of living things. The darkness bellow, receiving the hammer of the word, was fashioned into an orderly universe. The elements separated into strata, and each brought forth the living creatures. The supreme being, the mind, male and female, brought forth the word, and the word, suspended between light and darkness, was delivered of another mind called the workman, the master builder, or the maker of things. In this manner it was accomplished, O Hermes, the word, moving like a breath through the space called forth the fire by the friction of its motion. Therefore, the fire is called the sun of striving. The workman passed as a whirlwind through the universe, causing the substances to vibrate and glow with its friction. The sun of striving thus forms seven governors, the spirits of the planets, whose orbits bounded the world, and the seven governors controlled the world by the mysterious power called destiny, given them by the fiery workman. When the second mind, the workman, had organized chaos, the word of God rose straight away out of its prison of substance, leaving the elements without reason, and joined itself to the nature of the fiery workman. Then the second mind, together with the risen word, established itself in the midst of the universe and whirled the wheels of the celestial powers. This shall continue from an infinite beginning to an infinite end. For the beginning and ending are in the same place and state. While the vision of Hermes is substantially much more elaborate, ornate, and intimate, there are common threads in his vision and mind. I'd like to note that the dragon I'd like to note the dragon, rather than share the similarities from my perspective. I will leave it open to your interpretation, acceptance, or refusal. You may not find the similarities, but it doesn't mean they don't exist. Remember, you can only understand from your level of perception. And I realize now why I wrote, I'd like to note the dragon. Um, I was going to reference how it's in other cultures, but I stopped that thought and I forgot to take it out of my writing. So, uh, yeah. At, at a time, a time after this occurrence, I was outside with a friend after the occurrence of uh, seeing the, the planet the star formed, the planets formed in the darkness. At a, a time after this occurrence, I was outside with a friend and saw two balls of orange light floating towards us silently out of nowhere. They came close to us, then either imploded or elevated so quickly and silently that they just disappeared. I later interpreted it as an energy seeking if I was worthy of receiving a gift. During my first bout of psychosis, I was living in Arcata, California, and was walking home from my former's lover home, my former lover's home in Eureka, California. I had the thought pop in my head that my soul was re-entering my body. At this moment, an earthquake hit, which scared me even more, and that was on uh, July 20th of 2012. The next vision that I had was about a year and a half after the sensation of getting my soul back in the earthquake. 
It is relative to when I had my second and more prolonged psychotic experience, of which I have not fully expressed all of it yet, as it can be difficult describing something so deep and parts of it I don't fully understand yet. In this psychosis, there was a thought of an image of a great tree with branches, branches reaching for the heavens, a sturdy base, and roots deep in the ground. At another time, the tree was represented as a triangle or a fractal. Within this tree triangle fractal was a red dot that started at the top and worked its way down to a root or individual fractal at the bottom. This dot was supposed to represent me, and my intuition at this time told me that I had descended from a special lineage that has a secret gift slash ability, and the ability had trickled down to me. This image was clearly the world tree, even in my state then I understood that concept. However, recent study of some esoteric teachings have revealed the continued reoccurrence of this symbolism, as well as a few other interpretations of my experience. In Kabbalistic teaching, the light of the divine essence enters in Kedar, or the crown, and then works its way down the pathways of Malkuth, or the base. When one begins Kabbalistic pathworking, the intent is to, to rise back to Keter. I said it wrong the first time. In shamanic cultures exist three planes of existence, lower, middle, and higher. The world tree in shamanic cultures is the axis mundi, or axis of the cosmos. The branches above represent the higher, the trunk in the middle, the trunk the middle, and the roots the lower. This tree was, a, was used to ascend to the heavens. I have also been drawn to shamanism, but the repeated use of similar concepts, I have always been drawn to shamanism, but the repeated use of similar concepts is fascinating but logical to me. Combining the concepts of the tree of life from Kabbalah with the world tree is illuminating. The light of the divine enters through the branches, flows through the trunk, and arrives at the roots. If one is fluent in symbolism and understands the star of David as well as the concept of as above, so below, as within, so without, as the universe, so the soul, stated by Hermes Trismegistus, Another layer of depth is then taken on as well. Tree symbolism has a few other branches in my experience with psychosis as well. When uh, my second foray of psychosis that had the, uh, the experience of the tree began in the fall winter of 2013, or it began in the fall winter of 2013, it was after Thanksgiving and I was hospitalized which was a certain kind of horrendous I don't believe I have really delved into on the podcast or really explained to anyone yet. I will be willing to do so at some point, but it was literally one of the most terrifying times of those experiences in my life. I will touch on this. After getting out of the hospital, I felt compelled to meditate. I meditated at the base of my Christmas tree, and it brought to mind the Buddha meditating at the tree. At this time in my psychosis, I thought I was an object in a museum of the future, a relic of treachery. The meditation at the base of this tree was one of the few respites I had amidst the chaos of those days. Upon doing a little more research this morning to clarify a previous understanding of Buddha meditating under the tree for 1,000 years, that was my former understanding, I, uh 
found out that it was only for a day. However, for me, the time spent under that tree felt like a thousand years, and I am technically still meditating under the tree of knowledge as I gain more insight about those experiences today. That Christmas tree was planted outside, and at one point I meditated at the base of it in the position of the hangman in tarot. For those who, for those unfamiliar with the concept, it is a man suspended upside down from the base of a tree. I will, or from a tree branch actually, it's not from the base. I will elaborate on the meaning of the card and put a link to the proper place below. The hangman card symbols: a man hanging by one foot from a bar or tree. His free leg is always bent to form an inverted four. His face is always peaceful, never suffering. Sometimes his hands are bound, sometimes they dangle. Sometimes coin fall out of his pockets or hands. Hangman Terra story. The fool settles beneath a tree, intent on finding his spiritual self. There he stays for nine days without eating, barely moving. People pass him by. People pass by him, animals, clouds, the wind, the rain, the stars, sun, and moon. On the ninth day, with no conscious thought of why, he climbs the tree and dangles from a branch upside down like a child. For a moment, he surrenders all that he is, wants, knows, or cares about. Coins fall from his pockets, and as he gazes down on them, seeing them not as money, but only as round bits of metal. It seemed, seems to him that his perspective of the world has completely changed, as if his inverted position has allowed him to dangle between the mundane world and the spiritual world, able to see both. It is a dazzling moment, dreamlike, yet crystal clear. Timeless as this moment of clarity seems, he realizes that it will not last. Very soon he must right himself, but when he does, things will be different. He will have to act on what he's learned. For now, however, he just hangs, weightless as if underwater, observing, absorbing, seeing. I'll put a link to that in, down below, like I said. The significance of the story of the hangman is very synchronistic. I sat under the tree for many days, meditating, albeit indoors. Then I, quote-unquote, suspended myself from the tree symbolically by laying at the base of the tree... Um, in, in the position of the hangman. It states he had no conscious reason why he climbed the tree, and neither did I in regards to laying in the position at the base of the tree. Also, as did, the, as did so the moon, the stars... Oh, it talks about things moving. The stars move past me, the moon moved past me, people, animals, all pass by me as I lay out there for a while. Also, it references money. For most of the time after that, I had not been able to pursue money for any sustained point and had no thoughts of doing so at that time because healing my mind from the frightening experiences prior and after made my peace of mind have